It's a new season. It's a new It's Spursy. My name is Enrique uh, and I'm here with Julio. And welcome to our brand new uh, show. Well, old show, but new hosts. Um, no, I'm Barney. Uh, welcome back. Uh, what a game it was last night, Dan. Uh, it was amazing. It was wonderful. What a start to the mm. season. What a start. Yeah. I can't remember such a a positive start. I really, I honestly can't. Like I know I, last time would maybe have been that 3-1 against Villa where Endombele scored that goal. But there was sort of, I feel like there was a bad vibe around. Anyway, whether this just felt just pure, this was pure unadulterated bliss. <laughs> oh, <laughs> most definitely. I mean, apart from going 1-0 down at the start. Mm. Um, but beforehand, before the game, like I was just very worried about the, uh, the boo boys, <laughs> if they were going to sort of pipe up and if we were going to get all the, um, all the outers on, on Twitter, just like, you know, if we didn't have a really wonderful result to this game, then suddenly it'd be moaning about the, the transfer window again and, and all that. So I think it was just nice to have a good, good result when like we had patches where we played all right, but we didn't for the whole game play incredibly. Mm. Um, but we still just came away with such a nice win, which is great. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought sort of building on that, that although it wasn't like we didn't play amazingly, but we didn't play badly by any stretch, but the basic level of us, you know, sort of playing fine, you can tell is raised, which, uh, yeah, is very exciting for the season. Oh, definitely. Like, like it just looked like, um, you know, things weren't quite, like it just wasn't quite clicking, but the movement in in itself was, I think, a lot more positive than even how we were playing last year when we were playing really well. Um, and you could just see like the the level of fitness on the players is insane. Yeah, and uh, it just looks like once those passes just really start clicking, then we're just going to absolutely wipe the floor with teams. Yeah, I thought the fitness was noticeable with the amount of running and. Uh, the way the team just kept on going. Like, even though, you know, once the game was sort of said and done and we were kind of passing the ball around and chilling out, there was still, like, players that were playing the whole 90 minutes were still operating at a very high capacity. So, yeah, it was very cool. Uh, and it's very good to see that as well against an annoying team like Southampton who were just, mm -hmm. like, annoying runny boys where they just, like... Like when we played them in the past, we're just like, just stop it. Just settle down. Stop. Like, you know, just ease up a little bit, Ralph. Like, come on. Um, and it would be those games where it's like, all right, they somehow managed to like outpress us and outrun us in, into a draw or <laughs> into something like mm. that. Um, so I think it was just so nice to see that as the game went on, like obviously when, when, once it got away from Southampton, that's going to be a drop off, but it really looked like their players were tired and they couldn't keep up. Um, you know, they came out of the gates pretty strongly, but like they couldn't keep that up at all because yeah, we were just like running over the top of them. We were just like strolling around and it looks like some of our players could have gone out and played another game after that. Yeah, totally. It was, um, it was really good to see. And I watched this game, uh, with a couple of mates, one of which doesn't watch that much football. And I kept on saying to him, don't worry, because Southampton, they're going to press 
and uh, <laughs> they'll get tired eventually and then we'll just sort of put balls over the top. But it was really weird because they kind of didn't. They they sat back a lot more than I thought they would. Obviously, there were still moments where we did get the break on them, but compared to previous iterations of this Southampton team under Hassan Hoodle, who, you know, pressed like mad, there was quite a bit of sitting back. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it was it was really bizarre. And, like, this was, you know, this was supposed to be Ralph's big day. Like, he rocks up in his three-piece suit. Um, oh, my God. It's like he's, it's like, you know, we always talk about players or managers having glow-ups. Like, Graham Potter had one towards the end of last season. Um, and, like, Bale, I think, has been the biggest one where, he, you know, he got his ears pinned back and then he suddenly is rocking this slick haircut and then gets his big move to Real Madrid. Maybe... Um, Hatton Hoodles, like, I don't know, there's his stylist has finally gone, all right, we need to get you out of the tracksuit and cap, and we just need to put you in a very expensive suit here, and that's going to make all the difference. He looked ridiculous. Like, he looked like, I said uh, on the Discord, like a snake oil salesman or a door-to-door <laughs> salesman or um, like someone's uncle who has to buy clothes from a wedding and gets all his suit, every single bit of his suit from Big W um, because they've got they've got this new suit off. Like he just looked t- insane. I saw some flack for Conte for wearing a black polo and pants. I was like, he looked fine. He just looks like a uh, a regular man. And then <laughs> next to him is uh, uh, like the clown from It. Like what what was that? Yeah, and it just doesn't matter. Like maybe that's why um, why his team sort of dropped off because you know all of those like tracksuit cap managers, um, you know, like your Tony Pulises and stuff like that. Like their teams run, they tackle. That's what they do. And so maybe his team were just expecting that, but then they just keep getting distracted because Ralph's on the sidelines in his suit, and mm. they're just like, "Oh, Guffer, he's he's not in his track pants. Maybe we don't run anymore, boys. <laughs> yeah, maybe we don't run. Looks like he's getting ready for his holy communion." <laughs> Hey, did you bring the wine? <laughs> yeah, like what? Yeah, I thought that was, to be honest with you, when I saw him in that outfit, there was a part of me that was like, we've won. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. There genuinely was a reaction with like, that It looks insane. We've won. No, it would be good. I, I think maybe, you know, we'll keep an eye on this as the season progresses and do a, mm. a little outfit meter that sort of... Mm. Is it a good predictor? Like, was it Simon the octopus for the World Cup? Um, mm. I think it was Simon. I've... I think it was Simon. Yeah. Um, ours is just, what is the other manager dressed like? What is Conte dressed like? What's the vibe we get? And then we'll see we go from there. Because like you said, Conte was dressed, just got his plain polo, slacks, and I'd say casual shoes, but they're more like semi-dressy casual shoes. But he's very much just like, there's just a good-looking dad going to barbecue. Um mm. Like a, a good bar, like he's, he's a classy guy at the barbecue. Mm, mm. Um, but then Houghton, Houghton Hoodle is just, it's just all over the place as well. Cause he's got these little white like runners on, which completely <laughs> go against like who goes vest and runners. Like that is just the work of an absolute psychopath. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly he was dressed by psychopaths. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, long may it continue. Um, it'll be mm. interesting to see what he goes back to next week. If he's like all right, I'm not quite ready to have this sort of appearance yet. <laughs> like we can't yeah. go out because you can't rock up dressed like that and have your team get beaten 4-1 pretty convincingly. No way. I also thought that he, you know, like I've got no idea how old he actually is, but the tracksuit sort of de-ages him a little bit. And so I was like, oh, he's 
in his 50s, maybe early 60s. With that on, I was like, this is a 91-year-old man. <laughs> yes, maybe, maybe. He's definitely had a change from, hey, no, everyone thinks I'm a cool guy in my tracksuit, yeah? <laughs> uh, no, Ralph. No, no, not really. Oh, what? No, it's, I'm pulling it off. I look like 15. <laughs> No, Ralph, not even slightly. Uh, dress your age. And now he's just gone completely the other way around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he's gone way too far. This is my grandfather gave it to me for, for when he died. This was in the will. This is all I got from my grandfather. <laughs> Don't you think it's cool? It's retro. <laughs> it's retro. I put my own uh, my own sneakers on it to make it a bit cooler. A bit cooler. What do you think of my sneakers? To me, it was like like the pressing where I was like, you've gone a bit far. You've yeah. gone a bit far with this. <laughs> this was exactly the same. I was like, you've gone too far. <laughs> yeah, you've gone too far and it has backfired now. Um, what if he leans in further and next week he's, he rocks up with a cane? Like he's, <laughs> he's twirling a cane while, while Sandington play. I would absolutely love that. It's like I would it, love that too. And he just keeps committing further and further. The next one he's got like a giant brimmed top hat with a feather in it and yeah. he just like it reminds me of buddy whenever you, you start a new like career on fifa mode and you're like look at the manager i've made and he just some absolute nutcase <laughs> yeah he does he is in the same kind of uh realm as my legendary fifa manager dr Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's like even it's it always just gets me, even as great adults, just to see that starting a FIFA career and the manager is Dr. Pooh. It's it's funny. Pooh's always funny. Pooh's always funny. It's always funny. Um just a quick uh seamless segue. All our new signings uh were on the bench. Uh Dan and Conte said in the press conference afterwards, he was like, Hey, I'm surprised. I mean everyone's so surprised. Uh the team last season was great and uh you know, these are new players, so of course they do not start. And it was like, Well, yeah. Like I don't know how we've adjusted so quickly from having Pochettino and we'd sign someone and they'd play six months later. Uh, and then we had Mourinho, you know, who would just introduce players immediately because there was no system. Uh, and Conte's sort of in between the two. But I, I guess if you think, like, I really did, to be fair, think that uh, uh, Clement Longley was going to start. <laughs> um, but no. Nope. And I thought Davis did a great job. So I guess whatever. Yeah. I, I think I thought, yeah, that maybe one would sneak in. Like whether it would be Longley, whether it would be Perisic, whether someone um, like that. But yeah, it's like, I mean, I hope that this result kind of silences some of the people who are really calling for like, well, we must improve our first team more and more and more and more and more. Whereas like the fact that we get to this point of the game and Southampton have got no one that they can bring on. We then can bring on like good players <laughs> like we bring on Basuma we bring on Perisic like we bring on Longley like these are great players and it sort of shows like yeah the squad is definitely a lot more robust than what it was and that is mm. such a benefit um and yeah it was great as well for I think that you know Conte last season like he didn't even when he had three subs he didn't use all of them um mm. but now with this one he's got five he's like I must use all <laughs> yeah I make four yeah. person sub at once <laughs> Yeah, that was wild. It's, it was so wild that it was a screw mm. you, Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought in terms of man management as well, it was quite a nice 
tactic in the sense that if you sign six players and then two of them start and the other four, not counting Jed Spence, so let's say the other three, um, are then like, well, how come I didn't start? I've just moved to this club and now I'm not getting played and these other signings are playing. You already start developing this like, like seed in their mind of of their position or this sense of uncertainty. But if they all just start on the bench for the first game, it's like, well, you're all starting on the bench because you're the new signings and that's just how it works. And so oh, yeah, then definitely. if, yeah, if there's rotation in the future, which is what Conte's spoken about in press conferences about, it's a whole, the team is the whole squad. And it's like, well, yeah, it's rotation. It's not about uh, preferencing players. Oh, definitely. And I think that if we do get in a habit now of making subs more frequently, then I think that it's probably good for the players too. So then if they are left out one week, their confidence doesn't suddenly drop and they're like, oh no, I'm out of the team. It's so horrible. Because it's like, no, no, no. You know that you'll still probably get 10, 20 minutes, but then also next week, it could be the reverse. You could start and just having a real sort of fluid idea around what our best team is instead of having like, this is the nailed on best 11 and then that's it. We need to find out and confirm and go into every game like that. And I think even Conte has said in reference to last season that he didn't feel like he had the squad, that he could actually properly rotate and everything. But mm. now it's like, I mean, it's just making subs for fun. And like if Richarlison wasn't suspended, he definitely would have come on as well. Um, mm. well I mean, in place of someone, obviously, because... <laughs> Suddenly Conte's like, I want 10 subs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's really good. I think it's really good to see that. Yeah, I thought you meant like uh, in place of somebody, like he'd be like, and now we play with 12 players. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Conte, we can't do that, Antonio. <laughs> You've been breaking the rules. <laughs> <laughs> six plus six is 12. <laughs> Well, he's got a point there. I guess. Yeah, I guess. I guess that's true. <laughs> no one's ever cracked the code as a manager before. <laughs> All they had to do was tell us the password, which was just the yeah. equation, and then that's it. Yeah. Wow. Well I would, done. I would like it if. Um, actually, no, I wouldn't. It's like I have these thoughts in my head for a second where I'm like, you know what? I would like it if they introduce some rule that, like, if something happened in a game, then you could have an extra player on the pitch for like ten minutes. But then I'm like, mm. no, that just completely trivializes. <laughs> football massively and we don't need those stupid rules but I guess it's more like I would like to see a version of the game played somewhere where it was just like was run by an absolute madman and mm. just had all of these little rules that they'd sort of brought in um, and where you could just get these big variations like kind of in ice hockey how it's like well that was a bad foul so now you're down a player for a few minutes mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think somewhere on an, a remote island that exists uh, outside of our time, understanding of time, if there was a league there where they did things like that, sure. Um, <laughs> but in terms of uh, the, yeah, you're right. It would just like, yeah, be terrible. Trivialize it. It, it would just ruin it. I don't know other get like, I think rugby even has that too. It's like you can get sent to the sin bin and, you know, stuff like that. Um, I've got a feeling that at some stage there was, there was call. Then there's like ten years ago, five years ago, something like that. But some people were calling for like there should be an orange card, because what if it's more than a yellow, but it's not quite a red? And then they're like, do we sin bin? Do we do this? Do we do that? But it feels like introducing that system. It probably is a gateway to now. It is a gateway to like st stupider things. 
where suddenly mm. then it's like, well, if we've got a sin bin, let's have a rule that if the goalkeeper fouls someone, then they have to use giant, like, you know, those giant sponge hands that fans have? They have yeah. to then use them for the next five minutes. Um, yeah. Yeah. And we're straight back to Millionaire's Island where it's yeah no oh, rules boy. apply. That would actually love to see a James Bond film where he goes to the villain's island and he's like, here we play football with 12 players and if you get sent off, well, you come back soon, but the keeper does have to have big form hands. <laughs> <laughs> that's, you're a monster. <laughs> you're a monster. And then it's like, that's all the evil villain's plans are for the world, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like, so wait, hang on, are you going, are there any countries you're trying to take down? Any money you're trying to steal? Yeah. No. <laughs> No, 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 no. Did you not hear the part play... about the big hands? <laughs> yeah, I just want big hands. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, if we, if, Barney, if we get enough money, we can make this happen. Um, Absolutely. We've just got to first buy an island, then convince a mm. whole two, two teams of players to move there. Um, yeah, I, it can be done. It can be done. It can be done. Mm, it can be done. Um, so we, in this game, scored four goals, Dan, none of which were off the boot of Sonny or Kane. Yeah, which is, it's actually wonderful. Mm. Like I, mm. I mean, I want, um, in, in some ways more than anything, it's like I want one of Sonny or Kane to win the golden boot again. And um, imagine even both of them just at the top. That would just be absolutely incredible. Um, but for a long time, um you know, and you've had like rival fans and you've even had some of our own fans say it where they're like, well, take Kane and Son's goals out the team and we're getting relegated. And you're just mm. like, no, that's not how it works. But also it's a valid point to say that we do need more goals coming from the rest of the the players. Like, you know, that's what like your cities, your Liverpools and all that sort of have. Um, but I think this games like this, where we do you know, we do win by such a big margin without those two scoring. It is a really positive thing um, to take forward because it means that Kane and Son can have weeks where they're not playing incredibly um, or they just miss a couple of chances. But that doesn't mean that we're going to lose <laughs> as opposed to Mourinho time where it was like, well, it Kane and Son have to take even every single half chance that they get. Absolutely. I, I am still obsessed with that logic of take Kane and Son out and, well, we're not getting anywhere. Like, it's like, a, well, if you take both wheels off a motorbike, it's not going anywhere, is it? You're like, yeah, yeah, no, that's true. Like, that's true. That's why there's wheels. Um, and also we probably would just buy then some other wheels to yeah. replace those. So it's, it's yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, well, what if you take the wings <laughs> off an aeroplane? <laughs> okay, well, we'll just buy new, we'll get new wings for the, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, how about this one? <laughs> just we'll keep going down <laughs> Yeah. this rabbit hole. Ridiculous. Um, yeah. What if you took the motor off a boat? Well, you could sail. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. All right, but what if there was no wind? <laughs> yeah. No, no, just wait for someone to pick up. It's not, yeah. not huge yeah. things here. <laughs> Also, just don't go sailing in that case. It's, 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 <laughs> so many ways to avoid this. Um, oh. But yes, to your point, yeah, it, it was um, four goals and none of them. Uh, well, there was only one involved. Like Son got the assist on Dyers. But apart from that, the like there was no Son or Kane even in, I mean, definitely the build-up in some, in some ways, but uh, no other assist for them either. Mm. 
Yeah. I um was I felt very, very chuffed in our uh, draft fantasy. I I drafted Kulusevski and Sess, and then our first goal was Kulusevski to Sess, uh, and I was feeling very good um, because I was concerned that you weren't going to be punished for not not being there for the draft because I saw that you'd gotten Son, and then mm. uh, obviously then you got um, uh, Criminal Man Ronaldo, so that's punishment enough. Um, but yeah, I was I was very pleased, very high on that. Oh yeah, it's. Um... That that was a great combination for you. You've mm. <laughs> you've done well there. Um, I yeah, and in that draft, like yeah, look, I I, I wish I was there, but I I was rewarded with Son, um, and also Richarlison, which I'm like, mm. oh, that's nice. Um, but yeah, I think Cess to me was a bit of a surprise in this game because I think that last season we were still talking about him. Like, does he have his confidence there? Can he? Can he? Is he really going to be suited for this league for how Conte wants to play? And if this was like the start of Sess's season, like he, I don't know, to me, he looks like a different player and not, not to say that that performance completely set the world alight, but he definitely looks a, a little bit tougher. He looks, um, maybe he's got a little bit more belief in himself, but it was, um, I mean, it was great to see that. Yeah. I mean, I thought, I thought that what am I trying to say? I thought the same thing watching it. Like there was, he was a lot more direct. Uh, he had, um, a lot more, yeah, a lot more sort of physicality. I don't know what to say. Like he looked tougher. He looked more driven. He looked like he knew what he should be doing, which, you know, is sort of, uh, expected in a Conte system. Um, but yeah, I, I was really impressed and obviously it wasn't a performance that, uh, is going to go down in the history books. But in terms of him and his development and his performances for Tottenham, I guess it would go down in that history book because it felt like like if this was his first game for us ever, he the hype would be unbelievable. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, and I guess it's now it, – it's interesting because we've got Perisic who we know Perisic is definitely going to get minutes. Um, but – when you look at it, like it could really have a nice relationship developing between say Perisic and Sessegnon because he could learn so much from Perisic and it's like, we know that Perisic is not going to be around for a huge amount of time just because what in, by the end of his, he's on a two year deal, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And so by the end of that, he's going to be 35, 36, 35, 36. Yeah. Yeah. So who knows? He could just be this freak that keeps on playing well after that, but you really do think that there is an opportunity there for this, for you know, them to sit down and go like, "Hey, so says learn as much as you can from Perisic here. He's going to help you go to the next level. And when you're not playing, watch how he plays. Try and learn what you can from that, and don't view this as this thing where it's just like, you know, Perisic is coming and take your opportunity, and then you need to get out of the club to finally then get some game time. Like, it looks like this in some ways having Perisic there is an investment in Cesc's future. Yeah, and I hadn't really thought about it in sort of a more specific sense in that Perisic was a winger converted to a wing back and Cess was playing on the wing and is playing for us as a wing back. And there is this great uh, like symbiosis there of, of what Perisic can actually teach him because he's been through that same transition as opposed to just like, well, he's older and he's been a good fullback slash wingback 
And so it's just automatically going to mean that he's going to pass on. Like he's actually, the experience is um, quite comparable. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, which is a good point because it's, you've, I guess you probably spend so long through juniors and stuff playing in a certain way and thinking you're a more attacking player and then that's what, and I mean, someone like Perisic who even a lot, you know, a long part of his career was playing, um, playing as more of a just all that attacking sort of player. Um, but yeah, it's like actually knowing what it is like to go through that transition to be become more defensive. Um, it's, yeah, it is very different compared to someone who has just always been a left back. Um, yeah. Because they're not going to know because they, they probably haven't had the powers in going forward. Um, so they don't know the temptation, uh, which is what I imagine it would be just playing as like a wing back. There's, you know, they're, they're sort of definitely more like attacking play or players who can attack really well. But then it must just be so tempting just to get a rush of the blood to the head, always push forward and then just forget to drop. Mm. Oh, absolutely. I wonder how many players who are in the Premier League that play at left back, right back or wing back that went through juniors or academies as that position. Because a lot of the time you hear, mm. you know, Walker and Rose, like Rose was a winger, Walker was a centre forward, I think. Um that there's the only two examples I've got. Sess was a winger, but like I wonder how many of them were like just wingbacks or or just fullbacks yeah. from from the inception of their playing career. Yeah, it, it's it, it would be interesting that going back and looking at that. Like, and of course, Bale went the other way. Mm. Um, and it's like left back who's mm, he's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> or maybe he's wasted at left back. Might want to push him up a little bit. And then it's like, well, okay. And then it's like, all right, one of the best players in the world, fine. Um, mm. But yeah, it's just it's just really good. I guess continue on the on the wing backs. Um, what did you think of Emerson's game? I thought similar to Sess. I thought it was really good. Um, I don't think it was a world beating performance, and he's not going to start being scouted. But in terms of what the history that we know he has with the club and games that he's had. I thought he was really good. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. And then I did get a similar feeling. Um, yeah. To, to, for him, for both him and Sess of like, all right, great. This is how we're starting the season. This is a good spot um, to be in. And then suddenly, yeah, it, it doesn't matter. Like we've still got Spence. We've still got Doherty. Like we've just got some depth at the moment. And I don't think there's no, like, I, I would prefer us to keep Emerson. Um, because there's been a lot of talk about selling him and then just going with like Spence and Doherty there, but it's like I, I think that Emerson can play a role for us. Mm. I don't think I don't think we'll sell him. I think it's pretty clear from who didn't even make the squad who are trying to sell <laughs> uh, versus he's still in there, kind of. I love it if they're in the trading. They're just in like the trading guy in the dressing room, and then like yeah, you've got like Reggie and and Harry sort of like hey hey um. Hey, hey, Eric, do you reckon that Conte's trying to sell us? <laughs> nah, nah, yeah, nah, nah, I don't think nah. so. <laughs> nah, he just knew that tonight you guys wanted to uh, just hang out here. <laughs> <laughs> I would just love if one of them, like, if, if Reggie was just, just young and naive and he just like, um, Antonio, you've got a meeting with uh, Reggie on it. Oh, he, here he comes in. Um, and he just comes in. He's like, "Hey, I'm just a bit concerned. Are you tr are you trying to sell me?" And he'd just be like, 
Are you an idiot? Of, yes. <laughs> yes, of course I am. Or it's like, you know what would be even more amazing if it was the uh, replica of the Danny Rose Mourinho meeting. Oh, and he yeah. comes and he's like, gaffer. <laughs> <laughs> the defence is letting this many goals, brother. <laughs> Um, it's just tough incredible. when other people played so badly, so yeah. poorly, and I'm not getting on. Mm. <laughs> you just feel like, oh. Um, yeah. It's, it's, I, I'm still not fussed because I think we will offload them somehow. Um, mm. But it just must be, oh, like, a part of you feels a little a bit sad for them, but then again, they are very highly paid and, um, you know, they, they, there are certain things in life they don't have to worry about due to that. Um, but you just think like someone like Reggion who has been like, he's such a big cheerleader when any other player scores, like he loses his mind. It's so great. But then to see him in the situation now where it's like, you know, the team starts a season, they have this really good result. We've strengthened in his position. Um, he's not going on the tours. He's not any of that sort of stuff. Like, um, you feel a little bit sorry for these sort of young players who, you know, it seemed like when they first came in, there were such high hopes for them to sort of become, you know, well based and could be like, oh, we've got a player here who could become the best sort of wing back or fullback in the league. Um, to then have the situation now where it's like the club wants to get rid of you, but also no one else is really coming in. Mm. I mean, yeah, Reggie's the only one I have any kind of sympathy for uh, because and, and I guess that's also linked to the fact that of all of them, oh, I suppose maybe on par with Lo Celso, I'm most surprised that Conte was like, no, no, <laughs> not even on preseason, no. Um, so it's it's yeah. literally a case where they're like, we've got Antonio, we've got an extra seat on the plane, like the seats mm. bare, and it's like we've got an extra bed at the hotels we're going to, we can take it. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't speak to me for the rest of the day. How dare you? No. I need to watch my documentary again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so stressed and you just need to sit down and watch my documentary again after that. Um, I loved in the press conference, I don't know who it was. I think it was uh, uh old mate from The Athletic, Charlie Eccleshare, asked Conte. They were like, oh, we spoke to Sess and Sess said after the game that if I'd missed that shot, Conte would have killed me. <laughs> and it was just like the old... You know, like uh, that famous interview with Conte is like, I prefer to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Conte laughed and was like, well, you know, because five minutes before he'd been behind the ball and he needs to be, or behind the player, he needs to be in front of the player to get the cross and we were extremely upset. And then he went, which I just, I was like, that is <laughs> the difference maybe between Conte and other managers because he said the bench was extremely upset with him and then did quotation marks and said extremely upset and laughed. And it was like, well, yeah, because you're not actually upset with him. You're just in that moment annoyed he's not doing the thing that you want him to do in the game. Um, mm. And I thought it was like a little maybe, like a tiny window into his man management where, you know, he can go ballistic on the touchline but – it's not that that player's career is over. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, definitely. Um, no, I think that's a good point. And it's like, yeah, it's just a very good reminder of, I guess, just emotions in general that it's like, and especially when we, we see like clips of managers, always see like, um, you know, quotes and all that sort of stuff. It's very much like, that's how that person felt at that exact moment. It doesn't mean that that's how they feel full stop. 
It's not. It mm. doesn't mean that's how they feel for the whole ten minute <laughs> period. So you know, when we even get like Conte speaking after Burnley and just like losing it, um, and then Press going, "Look, this is an example. He's the club doesn't back him ever, and he hates it here, and it's horrible." And it's like, no, he was just right. He was really fired up just when that happened. Mm. Um, mm. And it's like with Conte, like if you had to count the amount of motion, the sorry, the amount of emotions that a manager or, or someone on the bench goes through through a game, like Conte would be in the thousands. Mm. Like he's yeah. not one of those managers who sits there with just a stoic face. Um, I think Nuno did that a little bit. He'd sort of just sit there and like, we're getting thumped, no emotion at all. Yeah. Conte yeah. is changing every three seconds. It's like, have you seen those emotion wheels where it's like on the outside is like happy, sad, angry, afraid, blah, blah, blah. And then it gets, you know, more and more specific. Conte's emotion is just if you put it like a pinwheel spinner in the middle and then just spun it as fast as you can, that's him during the game. Yes. <laughs> I would love to see Conte in an acting class where they're like, oh try to God. work with different emotions for him. Yeah, <laughs> they're like you. Just need to kind of. We love that you've got a lot going on, but maybe just simplify it a little bit. Yeah. Um, because at the moment, on syllables, you're changing emotions. Yeah, Antonio, on syllables. Yeah. <laughs> and also, like you know, you've just walked into the coffee shop, so uh, you, you, you shouldn't be that frustrated at that point. Yeah, I got bubble gum on my shoe. <laughs> But the coffee smells fantastic. Yeah. But, oh, also, geez. just stick to the script next time, Antonio, because it's, it's not no even improv. in there. <laughs> um, it was great to see Eric Dyer get on the score sheet as well. Um, and the way that he scored was just, he's a huge man and he just put himself horizontal. Oh. It was like he was under the, like a whale under the sea. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that was going through his mind as he's going to, like, he just, yeah. like, like, you know, when we're on the, um, like, I remember just back at school, like, you'd play at lunchtime and, like, you'd score a goal and be like, oh, Crespo! Like, you know, you'd, <laughs> you'd give yourself an A, whatever you do that. I wonder if well, these players, they're already huge players, but maybe they do. Like, I would love it if Eric Dyer was going and he's just like, well! <laughs> <laughs> in his head. He ne he's never said it to anyone, no. but in his head, that's what he's thinking. He'd also be the sort of player who would do that because, like, I love Dyer so much and I love all the things that he's into and, like, how well he speaks and everything. And he's like, they'd be like, so when you scored that header, did you picture that you were like any other player or anything? He's like, well, no, I don't. I picture more, more self like animals because, like, thematically <laughs> that makes more sense for me in the role that I play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, you know, tying it back to his veggie patch, he was like, turnip, yeah. carrot. <laughs> <laughs> So we've finally broken through to Eric. That's why he's so good now. We just need to equate everything to vegetables. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, sort of on the whole, I thought his game was really good. Oh, I'm like, it's like Eric Dyer just keeps clawing his way further and further into my heart. <laughs> like, mm. <he's, laughs> I love Eric Dyer. I don't want us to, uh, like, look for another, you know, central centre-back in this system. Um I'm I'm such a big Dyer fan. Like I I would love if Dyer stayed at Spurs for the rest of his career. Mm. Yeah, I hope he does too. I hope he does too. Which is so funny because back in the days of the Dyer uh, Delhi bromance, you would think that Delhi was the one that was the fan favorite, but Dyer's the one that's still here and producing really good performances. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and it's just like 
you're right. It's like it's gone. That diet. Sorry, Delhi came in and he was yeah. He was like the all right. This is the one that we should we'll all get behind. This is the one we really want to succeed. This is all that and everything else. Um, and it's just completely flipped around. Um, what I found interesting with um, with Dyer, and do we want to talk about the threesome? Yeah, let's do the threesome. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, that's a good name for the segment. Yeah, let's talk about the threesome. Yeah, go on. I realize that it just sounds like cutting mid topic, being like, "All right, should we just talk about the threesome? Let's just get this All out right. of the way. We need to talk about." Let's it. name the elephant in the room. <laughs> the threesome. The threesome. Um, there was an article that um, it was about sort of uh, Doherty Dyer and and they were being interviewed and talked about their budding bromance and with uh, with Kane as well. Hence the threesome. Um, but what was interesting in that as well was the way the Dyer was talking. He said that like his BFF since he's been at Spurs has been Jan Vertonghen. Mm. And I was so shocked at that because I was like, what about Delhi? <laughs> that, that yeah. Like that was the one that was lighting up our screens for a couple of years. Uh, but we mm. didn't know that, you know, after the cameras stopped rolling, he was just going off and hanging with Jan. Yeah. Yeah. Can you believe it? It was a uh, like a sitcom romance, and you're like, are they together in real life? Yeah. No. <laughs> no, they're not. No, we had to break it to you, Timmy, but <laughs> he's with Jan Vertonghen. Yeah, that's right. Carl and Susan from Neighbours aren't actually together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why this person speaking that works for this television company is Obi-Wan Kenobi. but <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It's the best person to deliver such news. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I was stoked. And then, of course, another player that I know we're both a huge fan of that got back on the score sheet again. Um, oh, no, sorry. What am I saying? We need to get into this uh, <laughs> this, this threesome. Yeah, I was like, well, let's talk about the threesome. And then it's like, well, Barney didn't want to talk about the threesome. Once, oh, once no, I want to talk about the threesome. I don't know what happened there. I had a mental episode. Um <laughs> That's right. We we could go we could go back to that. Um, what's what's we just finished? Clean up the threesome mess. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, let's clean it up. So, uh, this threesome, which we spoke about on, um, I think the last episode, the one before, where the first time I'd really seen much of it was with this this clip of them raiding pizza went up. Um, but it turns out that this runs so much deeper than I ever could have imagined. Um, yeah. Because apparently it's like that pizza thing was not just something that they do just once off. Like they sometimes just go out, get in the car, cruise to a pizza joint um, to just go and raid a slice of pizza. Again, to copy this other like, you know, YouTube guy, which I, I find hilarious. But before every game in the in the hotel, they will go into one of each other's rooms and watch a movie and then rate the movie. And they've been doing this since like in, in like uh, sometime into last season. Wild. It's absolutely wild. Uh, I was so shocked then I forgot that this was a podcast and I had to speak yeah. and my reaction was just nonverbal. <laughs> I can't <laughs> I can't believe look to me it just also seems like like I can imagine Dyer uh and Doherty being mates. I can see that. Yeah. From but Harry Kane? Yeah. Harry Kane is in the mix there? Like I just don't and it, it's, I, I, yeah, it, it's, it's bizarre. And it's like, they go off and do like golfing trips together. They really mm. like that. Um, apparently like Kane plays off scratch, which I believe is basically a pro level. Um, and then the other two are like six or 
eight handicaps, which I believe is also pretty good. But just to, it's just so <laughs> it's just so weird because I always thought in my head for some reason it's like Kane had no friends at the club. <laughs> like, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, like you just think he's like he's this guy who is so focused that whenever they're just like, oh Harry, we're just going up the corner to have a coffee after training. You want to come? It's like no, no, no. Take on <laughs> practicing free kicks. <laughs> Practicing free kicks, and then I've got to go home and do another gender reveal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's like I think that's why I like it so much because it's it feels like the first time we're really seeing personality um, from Kane and coming out a lot more, and the fact that it's with these three. But then it's like you still you still get more insights into them. Like um, a, a big, you know, something was mentioned in this interview was um, Eric was saying that like he really liked Uncut Gems, a movie that I mm. also love. Um, mm. he really liked Mad Max, a movie, which is, I, I feel like a Mad Max is objectively just good. <laughs> and then Eric's like, you know what? Uh, Harry and, uh, Harry and, uh, and, uh, and Matt, they didn't really like that. They, they don't think that you should even see it. <laughs> and it's just oh. like, what movies are they watching? Like, are they recommending? Like, I feel like, I feel like Dyer would come with these like really art housey type picks <laughs> for them to watch. And then you've just got like. I don't know. It's like Kane's going. It's like oh, Fast and the Furious. I need to. I need to know, and we should do with the minimal Twitter influence that we could possibly garner. I need to get them to put together a letterboxed oh. account, and I will watch every single movie on that list, even if I've seen it. I'll just watch it again watching it within the context of what they have rated it, because like uh, you know the quote. Uh, from <laughs> Doggity, Eric has put on some horrendous ones, yeah. Uncut Gems, Mad Max. H&I rated that really low. We wouldn't recommend <laughs> that you see that. <laughs> totally. Um, and it's like, and I think it was just, it was just funny. I love these things. It's like, I think one of them picked Mystic River to watch last season, but they didn't really enjoy it. So I reckon that Eric Dyer probably was the one who picked that. And then Kane and Donnie just didn't like it. And then they looked it up and they go, oh, Sean Penn won an Oscar for it. Okay. I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's not bad. Oh, that's what I love that. Just the way that quote structured, you know, that what's happened is, uh, <laughs> Eric's picked it, been like, it's a good movie. Let's watch it. And then the other two have been like, absolutely hate this. Yeah. absolutely hate this what is this absolute scum of a movie and then they've looked it up and be like oh it won an oscar yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh well it would be those moments where like they've written down their ratings afterwards and like you know kane's got like oh i reckon i'm gonna give this a 1.1 1 .1. and mm -hmm. then die across the room's like oh by the way uh sean penn won an oscar for it and like <laughs> uh don't want to seem uncultured so i'll give it a 4.2 yeah <laughs> i need to see this movie list and who's recommended what and what they've rated it. I don't yeah. know how this is possible, uh, but if anyone's I, got any ideas. <laughs> I, I feel like there's, I feel like it, now they've got it out there, it probably will come up a little bit more. The only other movie that's mentioned in there is Inglorious Bastards, which apparently is Matt Doherty's favorite film. And he thinks that the, the quote from Eric Dyer is like, uh, it's Doherty's favorite film. Uh, he thinks the first 20 minutes is pure perfection. I don't think it's perfection though. <laughs> like, <laughs> great. I just wonder like, what's the rest of the team doing in the hotel or like 
you know, whether they're staying at the lodge or wherever they are, like, what was the rest of the team doing when these three just like, all right, everyone, we're going off for our private movie night now. Yeah. Like, surely there's someone else there who's going like, oh, can I come? It's like, Winksy, yeah. no. <laughs> no. <laughs> but remember, my name's H2. Yeah, no, we were covering for the fact that Harry was trying to leave the club, so... Uh... You could come. There's not really room in the room to like sit. Like there's, mm. oh, we could just watch it in the theater room. Mm. Oh, it's the cables aren't really. Oh, we don't have an mm. HDMI. We don't have an HDMI. Don't have an HDMI. And besides, the theater room's taken because Sonny sleeps in there in bunk beds <laughs> with his dad. So we can't. We can't use that. <laughs> we can't. What about the editing suite? Oh, Emerson's guy is in there making his training mm. comp. Like, it's... yeah, we can't. We can't use that. I'm sorry. Uh, it would just, I would just feel very left out because, like, I love watching movies. And, mm. like, if you and someone else were, like, on the team and you were like, all right, we're just going off to watch our movie thing we do before every game, there'd be a part of me which I would be like, I really want to be in on that ritual. And you'd think mm. that given that you've got, like, leaders in the squad like Eric and um, Harry, like, they <laughs> at one stage they might pull each other aside and go, hey, this actually could be a good, like, team bonding thing that we all watch movie together. No, mm. let's keep it to ourselves. <laughs> but maybe it's not, maybe they there is people that float in and out of the film watching, and this is just the core group that's there every time, and it's not. But also equally possible, it's just like right. Well, we're off to bed, and then everyone's like, "We know you're going to watch your movie now," <laughs> and like, "No, no, just spend time for us. Good night, everyone." <laughs> yeah, and then like five minutes later, Dottie will come out of his room. Oh, I forgot my toothpaste. I'm going to go just get it from Harry. <laughs> like, yeah. We know what you're doing. We know you're watching a film. It's fine. No. <laughs> no, none of that. None of that. Nope. I'm very tired. <laughs> like, I would really love to see what the, what the rest of the squad are doing. Like, if there are any other sort of pre-match rituals that, that happen in the hotels and, um, yeah. Like, because I've never heard anything about any of this stuff before, which is, I think, why I find mm. this so interesting and fascinating is that, like, you just assume that there's probably a bunch of, like, playing FIFA and maybe just, like, you know, chilling on their phones or doing stuff like that. Um, but, I, to, like, this movie club is great. But I wonder if there are some some other players in the squad who do have their own thing going on. Mm. Well, I mean, there's been lots of footage of Richarlison, Lucas, and Royale, uh, not necessarily, we don't know what they're doing, but they they always seem to be together. Um, and then I would assume, well, you know, Lacelso would be hanging out with uh, Romero, but Lacelso has been banned uh, <laughs> from all Tottenham property. Um, so yeah, I, I would love to know. I would love to know what the there's this thing uh, in social psych research called. Um, social networks, which is basically just like drawing circles with people's names in them and then mapping the connections between everyone within a certain group. Mm -hmm. And um, I would love to see the Tottenham Hotspur social network mapping. Uh, Vardy, I think we can start this. We can, we'll start putting one together and it will just be on when we've cited uh, events like this, we can mm. start building out this matrix and then see who is on the outside and what we can piece together. That sounds great. Also, I thought Kane and Sonny were best mates. Where's Sonny in? Like, what's he doing? Totally. Because there's this other thing where um, you hear Kane and Son talking and then, yeah, there was some interview where it's like, oh, we joke how we're together more than we are with our 
with Kane, with his wife, with Son, with his dad. Um, yeah. <laughs> at home. And it's like, yeah, Sonny should definitely be <laughs> in on this stuff too. But it's like, I don't know. Um, the, the other interesting thing from this that I just remembered was um, I think D- Eric was like, you know what? Matt Doty's just round at my house. <laughs> like, he's just round at my house all the time eating my food. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And it's like, he's got a girlfriend and a child, but it's like, he's just comes around like at least once yeah. a week. <laughs> Unbelievable. It's great. It's great. Um, I think one little thing I just did want to address on Dotty though, was the, the goatee, which, uh, <laughs> like, it's just looks ridiculous. Um, mm. he looks like a, such an evil villain. He looks like Dr. Strange. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if we found out from all this and he's like, oh, it was actually stunt double for Doctor for Strange. On Doctor Strange. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe he was like, let's watch Doctor Strange. And then the other two were like, that was terrible. And he was like, I loved it so much, I'm going to have the facial hair from it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, he's, it's like he's a giant three-year-old dressing up for Halloween. Um, <laughs> and he's just all... just. Well, the Gorty looks pretty good, doesn't it? It's like, no, it doesn't. It doesn't make the film any better. It's bad. <laughs> well, it's actually from another time period. Yeah, yeah. we know. It looks awful. <laughs> yeah, but you do get it because you're not from that time period and it's really <laughs> contextual to that to that moment. <laughs> then it's like, all right, Matt, Matt, you are out of movie club and Son is in, okay? <laughs> Son yeah. sits at the door every single time we do movie club, right? We know that he wants in. I could I can imagine though if Sonny was in movie club they'd be like Sonny what's a movie that you could recommend and he'd be like never seen a movie uh <laughs> never seen one so uh, Spider-Man yeah. Spider-Man you know how I did the Spider-Man thing did you see that movie not allowed no <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh okay if you want to see what's that one called Mad Max I've got to call that and just get permission first yeah what's it rated <laughs> Dad says I can only do PG. If I want to watch anything above it, I need to do like five thousand keepy uppies in one. In one yeah. Go. yeah, I really am fascinated by that relation, like that interact. Like what? I just can't believe. Like I feel like his transition out of football songs I'm talking about yeah. is going to be difficult because if you remove the constant in his life, which is football. I assume he has other hobbies and does other things, right? But he's not, you know, the the famous thing is like that he doesn't date um, and that he doesn't, um, you know, like sort of engage in other activities and his dad's always there. <laughs> like <laughs> like it, it, it could be, it's going to make that transition a lot harder. So do you think, so in all honesty, do we do we really think Son is not sliding into anyone's DMs? I reckon he is. I reckon he he would be. Yeah, I reckon he is. But it would be very much maybe like that teen sort of romance of like keeping things from your parents. Like, I'm just going out. Mm, mm. Just going to the milk bar. <laughs> it's like, I know you're not. He's going, he's going to meet Kevin Vimmer for laser tag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, um. I think there was a clip of his dad being asked something about like, oh, you know. Sonny won the golden boot. Like, what do you think about that? And then his mm. response was just so like, oh, excited, but also you don't want him to get cocky. And it's like, it's not about that sort of thing. And you're like, Meh, maybe 
there are some times in life where you could just <laughs> celebrate something. Yeah, just be proud. Yeah. Not like, well, I didn't let him, I threw out the golden boot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm wearing it. I'm wearing it. <laughs> I use it as a door stopper for the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine, imagine right. that, having watched some interviews with his dad. Um, tough man. Tough man. Tough man to please, I think. Tough man to please. Um, another tough man to please, watch this transition, is the one of the greatest players for Spurs under Antonio Conte, own goals. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> own goals has come back into the scoring lineup there with a fantastic own goal um, with the assist coming off uh, Emerson's boot. Um, thank who? I don't know the player's name who did... Uh, get possessed by the spirit of own goals and score an own goal? It was Salisu. That was one of the worst own goals I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was like, it was, it did seem like he just, just had an absolute mind blank and just went, oh, easy tap in. <laughs> just like, mm. just nipped it in. And I guess the good thing is, is like Salisu, you've done us a solid in two games in a row now. You got sent off in the first one last season. Um, yeah. And now you've scored this. Own goal and Emerson with another assist to own goals. Like there's mm. a goal that's that Emerson scored last season. I can't remember who it was against, but it was similar. Like he came down the wing, tried to put a cross in, massive deflection in, <laughs> and then just like <laughs> runs off celebrating. And yeah, it's like I just find own goals so so hilarious because you just assume that it's like at the top level that like you shouldn't have these sort of goals be scored. Mm. But they are quite often, and like for us, they scored like 10 times last season. Um, but it's good to see own goals back. <laughs> yeah, so good to see them back. It looked, it was so bad, and I know this isn't the case, but it was so bad. I was like, is this match fixing? Like, what is this? <laughs> like, you're already losing. Like, you don't need to, like, it It looked like he literally was like, tap in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just don't understand how a professional footballer could miscue the ball that badly. Oh yeah, definitely. Cause it was a deaf fit. It was very controlled. Just mm. lovely little cushion, <laughs> mm. not going anywhere near the goal. And it's just sort of, um, just finishing off. Like I, I feel we haven't, have we, we haven't scored an own goal for a little while. Have, have we like the one that I remember most vividly, which I'm sure is not our last one, but is that beautiful Reggie on finish against? Oh um, yeah, was it against Arsenal? I don't remember. I think it might have been that rocket. Yeah, that absolute beautiful, beautiful little curling effort that he put in. Um, mm. But yeah, uh, I guess as well we're probably going to see more own goals again this season because if we're getting trying to get so many crosses in and trying to get our wing backs forward so much, like it seems like that's a system which is going to is going to bring out own goals. Hello there, a bit Spursy listener. It's me, Barney. And me, Dan. And we are here to tell you some fantastic news. We have started a free Discord to which you can go on and chat all things Tottenham Hotspur and other related concepts. <laughs> yeah, to join that, uh, head to discord.gg slash a bit Spursy. That's correct. We also now have a Patreon to which you can pay for Spurs-related content. <laughs> and, it sounds uh, like a scam. It's not a scam here. It's, it's not a scam. We're not scamming. We're not scamming. It's, uh, look, we, we love, uh, you know, creating this podcast and there's a whole bunch of other things that we want to do with some streams, uh, some watch-alongs and, and these sort of bits and pieces. If you would like to help us out and support us there, we'd really appreciate it. 
we'll be able to create more Spurs Spurs content and uh, sort of have fun doing that. So if you'd like to do that, uh, please head to patreon.com slash a bit Spurs. The more of you that are on the Patreon, the less time I have to spend in the coal mine, which is my job. (laughs) So let's get Barney out of the coal mine. And uh, yeah, all links can be found uh, on our website at abitspursy.com. While we're on own goals, I've realised we haven't touched on the goal that we conceded from uh, the legendary, much fabled by Spurs Twitter, uh, James Ward-Prowse, um, <laughs> who everyone thinks we should sign. Again, another 90 minutes of evidence why we shouldn't sign him. Uh, yes, he scored. What else did he do? Um, <laughs> the goal to me... and. Like, I know it's bad form to blame the keeper, but this was one where I was like, Lurice, what are you doing? Mm. Like, I get it. The ball bounces. Uh, it's probably moving a lot faster than we can see on TV. But I was just like, that, it just seems so clunky and bad. Yeah, it's like our perception of it is that it it bobbles so slowly. And it's like yeah, in yeah. slow motion through the air. And it's like, I could have saved that. <laughs> mm, mm. I would have got there. Um, yeah. but yeah, I guess it's like for, yeah, cause it was, it was a mishit and it goes, bobbles down and goes back up and yeah, like I, I, I guess if we were going to give Loris any benefit of the doubt, you would have to assume that maybe vision was obscured and he couldn't really see what was happening until it was sort of too late. But, mm. um, yeah, like. <laughs> Like James Ward-Prowse, he's like a kicker in an NFL team. Like it's if mm. you can just bring on a kicker and then take them off after the corner or after the any set piece, then great. Let's <laughs> let's have him. But like th- this is why I, I always find it interesting when when fans call for that because it's like who would he be playing instead of? Mm. And it's like okay, would you take off Hoybier? Would you take off Bentenker? Would you play him instead of Kulzevsky? Like who would you be playing? Like who misses out? As opposed to just like, oh, there's a good player. Let's have him as well. Oh, let's have him. Oh, we need Madison in there. And it's like, well, where mm. are they going to play? I mean, I think uh, some of the arguments get backed up by this, like, um, we should get Ward-Prowse because um, now that we've got five subs, if we get a free kick, then we just bring Ward-Prowse on. But the same roadblock is like, for who? Yeah. And then he's on the pitch. We can't bring them back on. Like, so if we get a free kick, what we should do is Conte should just light the tactics on fire and be like, send Ward Prowse on. Yeah. <laughs> like that's it's so stupid. Totally. It just it makes so little sense of like, oh, it's the 82nd minute free kick. All right. Harry, Kane, come off. Oh, <laughs> come on. Ward Prowse is gonna take it. Misses it, puts it in the wall, puts it over. Mm. Shit. <laughs> yeah, what do okay. we do? <laughs> now what happens? It's like, mm. it. What like what are you gonna do? You get a penalty a few minutes later. It's like, well, I don't know. Ward Prowse, you should take penalties. Oh, not really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also maybe a good idea to get Harry Kane off the pitch before the free kick. Um, but also, you know, you don't want to start that drama because he'll probably get very upset. Imagine if that ended up being like, we've spoken a lot about what Gianni Vo will do to try and get Harry Kane off free kicks. And mm. he's just like, 
Antonio, I've tried everything possible. I think the only option is you have to buy James Ward-Prowse. And then whenever there's a free kick, you have to take him off because you got to say, Harry, look, it's Ward-Prowse. What am I supposed to do? I've got to make the sub. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't look. I love that, you know, like Antonio's our Italian character for him is sort of like, what do you, what do you mean? But <laughs> VO sounds like Mario from, <laughs> from Nintendo games, which I imagine, I don't know what he looks like, but in my head, he does actually look like Mario. Yeah. I think it's like, because we haven't given Gianni much power because we've just mm. seen Harry Kane keep taking free kicks. Yeah, so we exactly. just yep. picture Gianni Vio basically being this little smurf that runs around the training room, <laughs> training ground. I have uh, I have uh, four thousand free kicks in this book. Yeah. Like, yeah, cool, man. <laughs> Flick through the pages. Let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't read it. The book is tiny. It's the it's the size of a match. It's the size of a matchbox. Like I can't. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Um, look, I, look, maybe, okay, once once we see some, like, impact, um, and I don't want to look too much into, like, when watching this game, watching some of the corners and seeing the players run and move, I was like, oh, is that Gianni's movement that's starting yeah, to come in there? Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, until we actually really see something come to fruition, I think then that's when we'll come up, like, he'll get a new voice on the pod where it's like, yeah. ha- he gets Harry Kane off it, or we see something else, we see this beautiful set piece, and then it's like... Oh, what do you reckon Gianni said at the training ground? He was probably like, yes, well, hurry, we got <laughs> <laughs> Listen here, you boys. Um, I, well, I wanted to say, because like our first two uh, goals were both headers from crosses. Mm-hmm. And does Gianni have any involvement in uh, not just dead balls, but, you know, organization within the box? We don't know. Mm. Um, I'm going to say no so we can keep on doing the Mario voice. Yeah. I wonder as well if, like, uh, that becomes, like, a vote of contention, whereas, like, after the game, all the coaches are sitting around and they're like, oh, it was good, you know, that, um, oh, what Decky did, oh, that's really come out from you. Uh, Marine, mm. you've got him fitter. Ventrone, um, <laughs> um, yeah, you've got him fitter. You've got him fitter. Well done, well done. And then Gianni V is just there It's like, what about the cross that went in? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's clearly not a free kick. <laughs> clearly not your jurisdiction whatsoever. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I can't uh, I can't see you. I'm just looking at normal uh, <laughs> human level. I can't see yeah. uh, the little elf smurf man. Yeah. Um, I, f- I feel as well, <laughs> it's just really occurred to me at this point, Barty, that like if someone listens to it, they're just going to be like, Mm, guys, I'm not sure about the Italian stuff you're doing. It it feels a bit racist, but I'm like, no, I am Italian, so I feel yeah, I feel very comfortable uh, doing this. Mm. We do it with love, um, but I feel like if my <laughs> if my nonna like listened to this, she'd probably be like, is this what you think of our people? I'm like, no, 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 no not at all, not at all. And me, I feel comfortable because Dan's Italian. <laughs> What, see, should I? I'll stop doing the accent, and I'll be like, I'll send you text that you can read out, uh, and uh, that way, if you're not, <laughs> Nana listens to it. Wait, no, that's not the problem. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, it's like covering our tracks for that very specific instance. Mm. Uh, no, but I would love if you did that. Like, or next time we come on and it's like, now, um, Dan, I've actually got an Italian actor 
to read out any thoughts that I have <laughs> that I want to say and I want to do with a fun voice, but I'm like, you know, because <laughs> um, I hear a lot of podcasts do it, like when more sort of serious ones where they're like, oh, we interviewed someone and then we've gotten an actor to reread <laughs> their stuff here. Mm, that would be, I wonder if there's an Antonio Conte impersonator that we could uh, oh. acquire the services of. <laughs> I am noting this down because we are <laughs> definitely looking up for an Antonio Conte impersonator. I feel like if we do that, that'll be the point where we do actually jump the shark and then we'll be like, why are we getting, uh, why are our listens dropped off by 300? Yeah. <laughs> We're getting a lot of abusive emails coming in now and we're not sure yeah. if it's deserved. Yeah, um, not sure it's deserved. And they're all referencing the fact that we've got this great actor in, um, yeah, let's okay. Well, let's move on to uh, uh, my boy. <laughs> this is great. So I was just going to quickly add, but it it is funny with this stuff though that like if we do a Scottish accent, so people are like, ah, oh, Scottish, funny accent for that thing. Mm. But I was like, Scottish people are probably like, oi, <laughs> oi, stop it. But it's like, well, it's it just gets passed around. Well, Dan, here's a thing I can actually say that family on both sides. Scottish. So we're all good. Okay. <laughs> this sounds like the most, like, this sounds like a, a, a pair of like really toxic, like comedians yeah. trying to justify yeah. why they're allowed to do a joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but alas, here we are. Um, <laughs> I'm actually a descendant of Harry Hotspur. Yeah. Is what I'm trying to say. Um, so sorry about it. As you were moving on to your boy. My, my main man. Uh, my man after midnight, uh, Decky slash Kulisevsky. Poor, what a game! Sorry, like, your man after is... mid. Sorry, your man after midnight. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because the song, "Give me, give me, give me a man after midnight." Oh, right. yeah. <laughs> that wasn't just a random <laughs> reference. <laughs> you obviously don't have ABBA in the front of your mind like I do. No, no, no. That was, yeah, it's totally my bad mm. there. But I was just mm. like, you said it to me in such a way that I'm like, I should understand. And then I, it, it made me just think like, do I have a man after midnight? Who's my man after midnight? <laughs> Wait, who's my man after midnight? <laughs> yeah. I suppose it was after midnight here when he scored as well. So that's kind of like, yeah. No, it's great. No, <laughs> yeah. it, it really, really, it really works. I really love it. Um, sorry, your man after midnight, he scored. He scored. He also assisted. Uh, he The goal was uh, fantastic and felt like it would be premature to say vintage decky, but it did feel kind of vintage decky with, you know, left foot, a curler. Um, yeah, it was awesome. He played so well. Oh, absolute machine. Like mm. this guy is, I feel like he's like part cyborg or something like it's, ridiculous <laughs> like for such mm. a young player too that it's like i mean it's really showing as well that you know i think some people and i don't mean spurs fans but other people seem to just forget about kulisevsky coming in last season and the impact that he had and and all that sort of stuff um whereas you look at the second half of the season and his stats were incredible but he's mm. left out of all these lists of talking about you know oh, who was the best signing of last season who was this this that and everything else um, but I think he sort of showed like, if this is how, again, we're talking about how players are starting the season. Um, if this is how he does it, like he is ridiculous. Like he's so tough and yet 
so skillful. And it's like all these finishes that he does, they're just so composed. Mm. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Like, I feel like we robbed Juventus, and it's so funny that, uh, you know, under the circumstances that he came. The other thing, he gets left out of, like, best young players in the Premier League because people forget that he's 21 or 22 maybe now. And it's because, he, I mean, he looks like he could be in his 30s. Um, but, yeah, he he's so under the radar, which is great. And probably what works for him so well is that defences know that when they come up against us, it's like, oh, my God, we're playing Kane and so on. This is going to be a nightmare. So he probably gets quite a lot of space because – and that allows him to uh, be very effective with how good he is. Oh, de- uh, definitely. I, I agree massively. And it's almost like he's the <laughs> – it's just so easy when you start saying these things and you think, am I getting carried away and being extremely biased? But then it's like, I don't care. If you're listening to a Spurs podcast, you're not probably like, I want some really non-biased commentary on Spurs here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was like, I'm just thinking it's like, is uh, I, is there a better player that really complements Kane and Son and how they play together? Because it's like, mm. if we had, say, another Son type player, I don't think that would work. Um, if mm. we had another Kane type player, like, he it it just seems like he is just the perfect like the the perfect complementary factor like in that front three, where it's like we've got a front three who basically we've got kind of like every type of forward there, mm, mm. um and it's it's amazing and it's just great that like you know Kulusevski he's got a lot of he's better at a lot of things than Son is Son's better at certain things obviously, um but it's just like like this is this is such an underrated signing I think. Even when we sit and go, it's such a great signing. I still think it's like, we don't really know exactly how well this is going to go for us. And I mean, it's like, I, I, this is to me, this is key. Like we keep these three together for a couple of seasons. I just can't see how we don't win something. Mm, yeah, he is. Um, the way he compliments them is, yeah, like you've said, phenomenal. And I, what I like about it is it reminds me of back when Ericsson was still playing for us where he was that sort of more creative cog. Like Kulisevsky is, like having watched that game, you couldn't say that he is not a creative influence on the attack. But the other thing that he has is that unlike Ericsson, I'm pretty sure he could run straight through a brick wall. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like he's so tough. Um and like in the post-game interview that he has on uh, Spurs Play, uh, sign up now. Um, the <laughs> the like he's huge. He's massive. Mm. Um, you always kind of forget, I guess, how big these guys actually are. Um, yeah, he's like Ericsson. He's like two Ericssons on top of each other. <laughs> um, oh, definitely. And and I think it, it it's like and there were a couple of times in this game where there were tackles and. He just like, when he goes in for tackle, he really like digs his foot in Um, and it's like, and he gets it. And the other person just falls over and disappears. Mm. And it's like, you, you don't see that many creative attacking players who can do that. Um, Mm. So many more, they're, you know, they're, they're a lot more sort of light footed. They won't really, they might run around and like, look like they're going in for a tackle, but then they're going to try and get fouled as part of that tackling process. And Mm. And do that. Whereas, like, like you say, Kulusevski would run through a brick wall. He does not give a shit at all. Mm. And it's like, you, you, he's just an exciting player. Like, whenever he gets on the ball, he's the sort of player where you're like, well, he can go one on one, but he's not super, super quick. So it's not like, like, 
he doesn't rely on pace to get round players, which I think has made him more inventive on how he plays. But it's like, we know that he's got a great pass. We know he's got an amazing cross. Like that cross to Cess was incredible. And it's like, this guy is an absolute freak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're right. Like an absolute freak. And that cross uh, was amazing. Like, and we're not, we're just not getting that without him in the team. Like he really is, uh, like makes a difference, I guess, with his skill set. Um, and it might be that because he doesn't fit into that creative player mold or that technical player mold that is sort of more light-footed or lightweight, that it takes a while because he's not easy, easily categorised, he won't sort of get uh, that kind of level of hype for a while because he doesn't have that kind of easy box fitter that uh, a TV pundit is going to be able to talk about Um so who, um, yeah, I'd be interested to see how this season goes because um, it looks like it's going to go very well for him. I'm very excited on uh, tackles, which you mentioned. When Romero went in for his scissor tackle, <laughs> when we were what three one up, four one up, I can't remember. I was like, oh my god, you're going to get sent off, and he didn't <laughs> even get a card. Yeah, it was like that was just so unnecessary. Romero mm. didn't actually look that happy throughout the game. Like whenever yeah. it cut to him, he looked just like unimpressed or upset. Um, mm. I don't know if maybe that's just how he always is. I just haven't noticed, but um, yeah, that tackle was like very, <laughs> very overzealous. And mm. I wonder if, so it kind of reminds me a little bit of back when Potch had Delhi. And Potch was saying, like, remember when Delhi he would just, like, get reds because he just, like, tackle someone's knee? Um, mm. And then, you know, journals would be like, um, Mauricio, oh, should you maybe tell Delhi just to chill out a little bit and not get sent off <laughs> yeah. in the Champions League or this thing? And then he's like, no, that's the, like, I, if you remove that from his game, like, I want him to kind of keep that fire, that, like, that, that sort of, that edge that he has. Um, I wonder if it's, like, if you're, like, the amount of positives we get from Romero and how incredible he is. It's like, do you kind of just have to let him get away with these things and accept that sometimes you are going to get a yellow or a red from these situations? Mm. I mean, I, I think you do, but like he is, you know, he flies into tackles, but he goes for the ball. Mm -hmm. This one was, uh, he did get the ball, I guess. Um, and he, didn't get any card, but I guess you just got to know that part of that going for the ball means that sometimes maybe the timing won't be right or someone, you know, whatever, and it will result in a card. Um, but, yeah, you'd hate to – well, I Conte would never be like, tone it down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he only says that to Arteta. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> totally. I think you're right that that's probably a very good point you made there of like, Usually his tackles, there is some chance of him getting the ball, and most time he does play it. Um, and but in this one, there was it was not even like like after the game, like you probably want to put your arm around him and go like, "Hey, Christian, is everything okay?" <laughs> yeah, and he's probably like, "Oh, he annoyed me earlier with something." Yeah, <laughs> um, but it's like, yeah, that was <laughs> that was really really bizarre. I still think he's, I mean, he's so incredible. If like. It's interesting too, in games like this, we don't really get to see like the best of a Romero because um, 
I think there's something now of like, I guess, looking forward to playing these teams that have really elite forwards because you kind of want to see that battle. Like you want to see yeah. how they go against Romero. Like when we play City, it's like, oh, I'm excited now to see like, you know, how does Romero deal with Harland? Like, or is he yeah. even on Harland? Is <laughs> like, is that like, what's the, what's going to happen there? What's the battle there? Like, I think when we played West Ham last season and it was like, oh, a Romero Antonio, that's pretty intriguing how that battle is starting to happen. Um, yeah. Which we haven't had since uh, peak Yarn and Toby, where it was like, oh, I can't wait to see what they do when they've got to play Costa or when, you know, whoever they're, or Aguero or whatever, like, it's been so long since that has been an element that's like, oh, I'm excited to see how that goes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And there's that big shift between thinking we're the only team in the world that's allowed to have good players and we need to be able to play everyone else off the park all the time and we should never have to defend because our attack and possession is so good versus, no, we're going to have to defend and that's we shouldn't be scared of that. <laughs> like, mm. we, should, we should look forward to watching that because it means that we get to see the defenders go to work. Like we get to see them do their job. And I, I think it's, I don't know. It just seems to me like there's a perception sometimes in football where it's like, you only see the attacking players do their thing. And that's all you want to see. And that's all that's worth anything. And ideally you want a defender to not have to do anything. And it's like maybe some games, but then also like, I want to see our defenders playing well. I want to see them rising to the challenge. Cause I think those are also the sort of things that builds up a team a lot more in being able to deal with those scenarios rather than having games where the defense doesn't have to do anything and then they you do that for a few weeks and then suddenly who knows what happens when you play a team that's half decent. Mm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I remember, you know, Toby and Jan would be involved uh, under sort of, you know, top, I'm trying to avoid saying peak potch because I've already said peak before, <laughs> but like top, uh, when that particular team was at its height and... I think that I can't remember what season it was, if it was 16, 17 or 17, 18, where Toby just didn't get a yellow card. And because he would, he was so good that his defending was so clean that he would just like win the ball. And like, it was just enjoyable to watch him do that. Um, and it, I'm getting a similar feeling, which, you know, I had under those two where when the ball comes into our penalty box, I'm like, Oh, what's going to happen? As opposed to like, oh, no. <laughs> um, panic, panic, which, sirens, yeah, sirens. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, um, which is, uh, yeah, super exciting. Um, there are so many players that we haven't mentioned that had good games. Like I thought Pierre had a good game. I thought Bentico was fantastic. Um, Kane and some were, were fine. Some fluffed like two easy chances. One where he could have just laid it off to Kane. The other where he just played it straight at the keeper. Um, is there anyone I'm missing here? Oh, Davies. Oh, we've already said Davies was good. Uh, Basuma came on and immediately got a yellow card. That was funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, apart from that, I, thought, I just thought it was a good performance across the board. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and it was one of those ones that, yeah, players can play really well. Like, players can play pretty well, but because there are certain performances which really stood out, um, they don't get really talked about um, at all. But a bunch that you mentioned, like, yeah, Bentico was like ridiculous. When you see the highlights of the game, which I, I saw a clip early today of just um, some of those, I'm like, he actually had a ridiculous game. Like, he was really, really good. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, again, another player who's just, um, 
Like it, it's it's ridiculous this the the amount of quality. Personally, the amount of quality I think we've got in this squad, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's strange though because I think last time we had a squad of of comparable quality, it felt like we as a supporter base had seen the transition from you know the Ryan Mason Bentaleb midfield into uh, a much more structured and it felt like we you know you were sort of there for that process but this time it's like obviously everyone's been there for that process but it's like the appreciation isn't the same where it's like we're just overlooking the fact that uh, we've got Benton Kerr or we've got um, Hoybier or we've got uh, Kulusevsky or we've got Romero I mean no Romero's not underrated by any stretch but like there <laughs> there is this like across the board like the quality the base level of the squad is very high oh definitely and I think like to what you're saying there because the expectations from fans are just ridiculously <laughs> through the roof right now and there's just like demand for so it's almost like we, sometimes you're like am I speaking to a Spurs fan or am I speaking to a Man City fan um, yeah and because that demand is so there, like, oh, yeah, I think we're not necessarily appreciating um, some of that skill and some of that depth that we do have. And it's like, I know we've had some teams in like that have played some amazing football, like, uh, you know, peak potch. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, even back to like Rednap, like you look at yeah. like Rednap's 11, like that's an incredible team. But mm. I think it's like, if you put say the, this Conte team that we have and you go, all right, you've got 10 games against this Poch team. You've got 10 games against this uh, Rednap team. It's like this Conte team is winning the majority in both of those contests. I'm I'm pretty certain of that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that is probably true. I would love to see it. Once uh, it would have been just after the West Coast Eagles won in 2006, uh, the AFL Grand Final, they did this thing on Channel 7 here in Australia, or maybe it was just Channel 7 Perth, where they got the old Eagles team from 1992 and had them play the 2016 <laughs> in this weird simulation thing that was, like, horrendously done. But I would love to see that. <laughs> that was, so, wait, what was that? That was, like, some, like, CGI, like... Yeah. The supercomputer returns. <laughs> yeah, the supercomputer... <laughs> that they borrowed from who was it the independent or was it the who had the supercomputer i can't remember they borrowed it from them yeah that reminds me was it i think it was is it rocky like rocky six whenever that yeah yeah and, it, and there's that computer is it rocky four no no i think it's rocky six because it's like this is the one that stallone made like i don't know what 10 years ago now whatever it was but it's like he's old he's washed up and there's like the young boxer who's like the new hot thing. And like, I think Stallone is sitting in a bar or something like that. And then on the screen, on the TV, he looks up and it's like, um, and it's like, what would happen if Rocky was simulated against the current champ? And then it's just like, it was one of those things. And I think, actually, I can't even remember how this played out, whether it was like Stallone who got like, sorry, Rocky, (laughs) who then got like beaten in that simulation and then got cut and wanted to do it. Or if it was like the younger boxer who got beaten in that simulation and then lost his mind and then challenged like (laughs) 60 year old Rocky to like come out of retirement, um, to fight him. But it's like, I, those, those type of simulations are always so funny. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure 
in Rocky Four, Ivan Drago, or maybe it's Rocky, has a robot butler. Oh, they could have been, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember, but um, I will just say breaking news on the pod, which won't be breaking news at the time that this is listened to, but Ericsson is studying for United. Oh, well, there we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Starting their relegation campaign. Yeah, <laughs> he's going to try and keep them up. Yeah. Um, and it seems like they are playing without a striker. I guess it, unless Rashford counts. The Rashford kind of counts. Kind of counts. But Ronaldo's on the bench, so that's a surprise. Yeah. I feel like you're very invested in this Magic game. I'm, I'm invested in Ericsson. Okay. <laughs> it's like, hey, let's uh, pause the pod for a second here. Let's uh, let's chat Man U. Let's see. Yeah. Let's move on to Man U. Let's, yeah, let's live uh, stream let's the chat. Man U game mid-pod. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, I'm so pleased that we're not in some alternate universe where this is a Man U pod. (laughs) That would be horrendous. That would be... No, it would be nuts. (laughs) It would just be... Mm. um, I I have wondered, not that often, but every now and then I'm like, what would life be like if I support a different team? I'm like, would Mm. would it change a lot of other aspects of my life or would it really not at all and it would just change... (laughs) <laughs> what game you watch when it comes to the weekend. Mm. Mm. Well, Tottenham, I think, teaches you some really useful personal skills. Resilience, um, the ability to uh, let go. <laughs> um, <laughs> loss. Yeah. Heartbreak. Loss. Yeah. I think, I think Tottenham is, um, in terms of emotional and cognitive intelligence, actually uh, something that maybe predicts higher um, overall functioning. Yeah, I think that's very accurate. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no study needed. No study needed at all. So I, f- I feel, buddy, what if um, uh, if you had to say someone who was a real hothead, really got angry a lot all the mm. time, would you say, you know what, you should go support Man City because you're probably going to win almost every week. That'll calm mm. you down a little bit. Or does that just mean when their expectations are that they're going to win Champions League and they don't win, they just absolutely go on a rampage and just lose it? Mm. Like this is where I feel like do these te- like teams you support, could they really sort of impact you that differently? Well, they could. I mean, it's, it's actually a really great question. <laughs> um, lucky that I have the skills to find out. <laughs> I'll be applying to various research bodies. Um, and we'll yeah, let's find out. Yeah, it sounds very much like the sort of study that like a like a Spurs fan would commission, and not like a City fan or something like that. Absolutely, because we want to win. Yeah, at that study rather than <laughs> like on field. It's like okay, well, we haven't had much uh, on field success in terms of trophies, <laughs> so let's win at a study. <laughs> We won the title again. Come on, City. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, we won this study that shows that we are better humans. <laughs> yeah. You have emotional problems. Yeah. <laughs> you know, pretty toxic study, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm about. Um, should we, for the first time of this season, mm. now move on to the most romantic medal in sports? It's the Abit Spurs Medal, man. 
looking pretty poorly. The most romantic medal in sports. Wow. A good Spursy medal. It's really good. <laughs> I think that's better than the last reaction you gave was when we did the final version of this last as it's the last episode of last season, and I think your coach was just like, that's stupid. <laughs> I think it was like, God, that's stupid. <laughs> I mean, it is. It is. I just haven't heard it in a while. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it is stupid. We are under no illusions, but mm. we love it all the same. The most romantic medal in sports is back for another season uh, mm. with some slight twists, Bunny. Yeah, some slight twist. The rating system will be adjusted in the sense that we'll be giving uh, out of 10 ratings at listing our top three still, but giving them ratings out of 10 rather than uh, just three, two, one votes, um, which, you know, is going to be able to be uh, more easily tracked across the season uh, and have greater uh, reliability and validity, Dan. Yeah, yeah. Um... This, this comes from, I guess, a few sources. One is we're going, you know, we like rating players and any excuse we could do more Spurs-related things is like, <laughs> let's add it into the mix. Um, but also it's like, well, some players will play relative, well, some players will play pretty well one game and we want to be able to sort of give them some votes as well without getting too carried away with it. Um, but I guess there's probably also just the fact that given that we've seen the, th- the, the threesome rating things now it's like well let's do that as well but <laughs> that's fun mm. yeah yeah we're we're our own movie club yeah <laughs> where <laughs> you guys are the ones being rated now <laughs> yeah. what do you think about that yeah. <laughs> um i do like it though because i do think that it gives us a little bit more flexibility to to really kind of um yeah reward players who have played really really well rather than completely blowing out the system previously where we're like, oh, Son played well, a billion votes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we have a new voting system. I, I wonder how we're going to um, balance, obviously, the romance versus the um, statistical rigour um, by, we're, we're still going to have negative votes, are we, or are we not? I think still we need to accept that there are going to be some, there's going to be some lawlessness <laughs> within this mm. medal. Um, they're going to be negative. Yeah, they're going to be negative, mm. of course. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> great. Great, great. Um, would you like to, well, I feel like you should be the first to uh, present your votes for the new updated A Bit Spursy Medal, Most Romantic Medal in Sports. <laughs> yeah. So I think... Um, yeah, we're just going to give a couple of votes. Uh, we'll, we'll also like privately have our other votes, which we will sort of keep track of. Um, but we're not going to go through each of us rating every single player on the team. Because uh, mm. that would extend this podcast by another hour uh, yep. of running time. So I think the, some standouts for me in this game. Um, uh, Deki. Um, Great. I, th- I thought he was just absolutely excellent. Um, I gave him a 9.2. Oof. Which I was very high. <laughs> like it's, mm. it's very high, but I thought that he was just, oh, he was just outstanding. Um, such a good player. Um, Sess, I gave him an 8.3 because mm-hmm. I was like, great, great start. Um, still some room to, I guess, show that he can do this consistently. And, and like, if he can sort of, I don't know, I feel like he can still go up another level and become a really dangerous wingback for a full 90 minutes. And then we have an absolute 
like monster of a wing back in there. Um, and then Bentenker, I gave it 8.0. Cause I thought really, really good job in midfield, but also just got overshadowed a little bit by some of the other performances, but was actually really, really good. Mm. I think those are great votes. Um, and looking, you know, like it's great to see that, uh, on the discord, people are voting, um, for who they thought was the best. Uh, I could see, you know, some I agree with, some I don't want to agree with a lot. Vulture Productions, um, really great voting. And mine will probably be similar to that. Um, I'm going to give 9.8 to uh, Kulisevsky, Um because I just thought, what a performance. Sess, I'm going to give a 9. Um, and then I'm going to give a 0.5 to Benton Kerr. So we have the exact same votes. Yeah. I wonder yeah. as well, because this was the first one, like, objectively, if you had someone who was like, I don't know, if they were a professional rater, <laughs> mm, they might mm. sit back and go like, oh, the boys have gone pretty high for this first, like, <laughs> votes. But then that's fine. We just course correct later on. And we're like, mm -hmm. all right, now we're introducing another bonus system. <laughs> where yeah. If someone played extra really good, then uh, we give them a bonus star. <laughs> Um, I wonder how we can still, because I do have a negative vote, um, but it's, I don't know how to do it, whether we just count negative votes as a one or what, um, but a negative vote is uh, for Ralph Fassnoodle and his fucking outfit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, definitely, definitely deserves, <laughs> deserves negative votes. Um, to be fair, he probably got off lightly with a negative one. Um, <laughs> he's just <laughs> insane. Absolutely insane. It was the one blemish on the game. Although the fact that it happened, I loved, but, oh, so ridiculous. I couldn't help when I was watching him. Uh, and I realized this pod is now going to cyclical or cyclical structure because we started with him. Um, <laughs> that what was the game where he cried afterwards? Hasn't Cause yeah, Hassan Hood, because they won. Was it Liverpool? I I can't. I don't even know this happened. Yeah, he he on the it, it wasn't in the press conference, but it was like side uh, side of pitch. I remember he cried. I don't, I'm worried now that this was a dream. <laughs> <laughs> I would love it if this was a dream. <laughs> And also, all the detail you give him from the dream is like, <laughs> Hassan Hoodle cried after a game on the side of the pitch. <laughs> Did his team play well, Barty? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it was against Liverpool. Okay. He sunk to his knees and cried. They won. Did they beat them? Uh, they did beat them. Okay. Um, and I've seen there is, if you want, if you're bored, I would recommend all... A recommendal. <laughs> I've got Hassan Hoodle stuck in my head. Um, I would recommend Googling Hassan Hoodle crying and just reading the various takes from all the horrendous news outlets um, because <laughs> there's Hassan Hoodle criticised or Hassan Hoodle slammed for crying <laughs> by Give Me Sport. And then my favourite is um, It Was The Wind. Hassan Hoodle explains post-match tears. <laughs> It's like, I, it's like I, I, I would respect him a lot more if he's just like, I was just very excited, very happy, and I cried. Like, great. <laughs> now, guys, was to wind. <laughs> yeah, it was the wind. wind. Uh, um, 
<laughs> Mind you, that was from goal.com. So it's probably half a quote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he went, it was the wind. Ha, ha, ha. No, I was very upset. <laughs> oh, very, I was so emotional <laughs> after um, we managed to win. Yeah. It's like, um, what, what's the other crying? Oh, <laughs> sorry. The, the other crying thing that I, I just thought of was the, the Mikel Arteta one after the North London derby where someone put that Snapchat filter on his face, which makes you look like you're just bawling your eyes out. Um, <laughs> so good. Um, we don't usually see tears. The last manager I can remember cry- like actually crying was Poch when for in Amsterdam. Mm, mm. Um, afterwards, which was wonderful, which is so fantastic. Mm. Um, Did Conte cry when Inter won, or was that when Chelsea won? Um, I don't, I don't know. Mm. I like that it's one of them. I like the vine. I'd love it if <laughs> it just reminds you, it makes you think you've got like a folder on your computer of like when managers cry. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. It's like, Dan, I want a new section on the pod when managers cry, and it's, I'm really into it. I mean, I would love princes when doves cry to back yeah. that section. <laughs> It's like, Barney, we can include it. Like, you know, down for anything to include on this pod, but we might just be pretty barren with what's going to happen in there. But when it comes up, it's a big deal. Yeah. So keep keep yeah. your ear out. If anyone starts hearing when doves cry, you know what's going to be coming up yeah. <laughs> that means That means a manager in the Premier League has cried. Yeah. <laughs> Which we are then joking and trivializing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Their, their earnest display of emotion, which is uh, completely absent from the sport due to the degree of media training and also the uh, expectations of how uh, men, especially in sport, should behave and the lack of expression that uh, they are expected to maintain. Uh, definitely. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> So, yeah, we'll be making a big joke out of that. Um, but that's, I think, is that we've got Chelsea next week, which I'm already angry about. I already feel angry because uh, I just hate them so much. So um, it's always different, I guess. I've sort of been trying to think about how, you know, Arsenal have sort of fallen off the wagon and the, that rivalry when the North London derby is, you know, imminent, I feel nervous. But with the Chelsea game, I don't feel nervous. I just feel furious because yeah. they're just the worst. Like, obviously, Arsenal are the worst too, but there's they, they, it feels like there's more on the line. Whether with Chelsea, it's just pure anger. Yeah, I feel like Chelsea is – you're right. There are different feelings for, for mm. those games. Um that's just to simplify that. Go, oh, there are different feelings and that's it. But it's like, <laughs> oh, thanks, Dad. <laughs> it is, I think, actually really hard to like break down like the the real difference between that because there's Arsenal who is just like, it's just ingrained in us. We're always just going to dislike Arsenal. And mm. uh, when Arsenal start, you know, talking themselves up, um, or to like to quote like Jamie Vardy's slogan, chat shit, get banged or something. Yeah. <laughs> Which when I heard that, I was like, what do you, what even is that? And then it's like, no, he's got it on like a mug. He's got it on like a water bottle. <laughs> I think he's even trademarked it. <laughs> Which is just nuts. Um, but yeah, when Arsenal, especially when they start talking themselves up, that's with like the hatred sort of just comes out even more. But I don't, to me, it's like Chelsea is like a, it's like a more, 
it's like a hatred, but it's because we feel that they've cheated their way mm. to where they are. So it's like, I think there's an extra layer to it. Um, but yeah, I think going into Chelsea games, because how many have we won in the last like 10 years against them? Oh. It's, a, it's really just a handful. What, like three? Yeah. Um, Maybe two? Two, something like that. Yeah. So it's like this, like, I mean, they, they only beat Everton one nil. I watched that game and they did not look good. And also Everton looked at the same time terrible. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm hoping that continues next week. Yeah. I think we're, I feel after this, I'm really confident. And I know it's just Southampton. Um, And if Southampton keep playing like that, to be fair, they will get relegated. Um, Mm. So yeah, there is that lens that you could throw on this too. But I'm feeling pretty confident at the moment. Um, and I think really, if you're like, if you're Chelsea and it's like, well, great, what, what moves have you made? It's like, well, Lukaku, we got rid of him again and we mm. brought in Sterling and we brought in Koulibaly. I'm like, again, Koulibaly, great defender, but like, I don't really get scared now to play Chelsea because you have Koulibaly. Um, mm. and Sterling, it's like, <laughs> uh, Sterling, like he can be really good, but other times he's as a center forward as well. Like. I really think we've got a really good chance against Chelsea in this game. I think we do too. I think on what you said about uh, the feeling being different and uh, the anger, I feel like I, I feel like there is with Arsenal. Always going to hate them, but there's this like not earnestness, but this openness in hating them because it's like I just hate them. They're ridiculous. Their fans are idiots. Uh, and, but they're, 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 they fly the flag in the sense that they are, they go for Arsenal and, and they say ridiculous things and it's funny, but with Chelsea, they were owned by someone that, uh, was contributing to, um, a a dictatorship yet. I haven't met a single Chelsea fan that's taken response, not they don't need to take responsibility, but just acknowledge that that happened nor that they were pretty much cheating uh, in terms of, like, revenue, and they owe him 300, what was it, $300 million? Um, oh, more that, than that. What, they owed Abramovich? Oh, yeah. it was like $1.5 Oh, my God. It was ridiculous. Yeah, which he was like, oh, I'll forgive, and then was like, no, I want it. Um <laughs> And then, of course, there's all the weird Nazi stuff they do. And there is just this, like, it's almost like this frustration at the powerlessness and the lack of acknowledgement over, because everyone hangs shit on Man City for the fact that they're owned by a state. Yeah. Right. But I almost have sympathy for some of their fans who have supported them forever. Because I'm like, well, you didn't choose that. With Chelsea, I'm like, you picked, (laughs) you picked Abramovich. (laughs) <laughs> you were really happy about it all. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Like, a lot of Chelsea fans go into that, um, you know that Tony Abbott clip where he's being interviewed? Um, for people listening around the world, most of our listeners are outside of Australia. Uh, yeah. The, uh, an older, uh, from a few years ago, the our Prime Minister was Tony Abbott. You, you probably at least know him because he was an absolute idiot. 
Um, and there's a clip of him being interviewed where he gets asked a question which he doesn't want to answer, and he just nods at the interviewer and doesn't say anything. <laughs> yeah. And then there's pause, and the interviewer ends up going like, "You're not saying anything, Tony," and he just keeps mm. like nodding at him and just <laughs> not saying anything. It's actually very, very funny. Um, but that's the feeling I get from Chelsea supporters when you do try and talk about any of the messed up things that have happened with the club. Mm. Like you just. They'll like, they could be even, like you said, hanging shit on city themselves. And you're like, yeah, but what about how, you know, you started winning and getting success. And then they're just like, there's mm. a pause. And then it's like, I reckon habits will be good this season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's funny as well, because they're also not acknowledging that the fact that they hang shit on city is because city is owned by a non-white entity yeah. and Abramovich <laughs> is, uh, you know, from appearance, why I know he's, that he's Jewish. Um, <laughs> and so it's like, oh, so it's racism, right? Yeah. And that's the other huge thing that sort of just hovers around that club constantly. <laughs> and and then it's like, uh, yeah, Havertz is probably going to play up front. Um, <laughs> it's got a pretty good goal to minutes ratio, I think, actually. Mm. Yeah. So I just feel like as we're talking, I can feel myself getting more and more furious because I just... I hate, I just hate them so much. Oh, totally. Like, and mm. I think that there was, when there was all this talk of like, oh, City might go out of business because they need to be bought and all this sort of stuff. Like Chelsea. Oh, so yeah, Chelsea, Chelsea. Yeah. Um, And there was so much excitement from other fans of like, <laughs> yes, finally. But then there was like this outpouring from like, I think just from other Chelsea fans to themselves or like, you know publications who had a journalist that was sympathetic to Chelsea. They're like, oh, but what about this poor Chelsea fan that started going from 20 years ago, 30 years ago, all this sort of stuff. And it's like, I didn't hear a single fan, like you're saying, Barty, pipe up through any of this Abramovich stuff at any stage. And it's taken, mm. what, 15 years, 20, almost mm. 18 years, something like that, for, for it now to be called out of like, hmm, maybe not a good dude. Uh, mm. And I like, you can't just be... Oh, I'm such an honest, fat, hardworking fan. Oh, I'm just such an honest blue collar fan. I've been for the team for mm. ages. And then it's like, oh, yeah, Bramovich, yeah, great, we're winning. Oh. And then now it's like, oh, yeah, he's bad. It's not my fault. What about poor me? Mm. It's like, no, you don't get to just flip flop like that and then stay in this, like, you know, elitist state for 15 years where you just don't care. And look, I'm under, I mean, I know we're both under no illusion that. Uh, Joe Lewis is some kind of angel. Like the man lives on a yacht to escape tax. But at the same time, as far as I'm aware, he is not a puppet for Vladimir Putin. No. Uh, <laughs> so it's like the worst I've found that Joe Lewis has done, which I, it's not good. <laughs> like it's not mm. good. Um, I think it's he's, he's, there's like, there's like some sort of like protected land in Chile or something like that. And he's got a farm there or it's like a lake, which is sacred. And he's like, put mm. a farm, a ranch there or something like that. And locals like, mm, can you not do this? And he's like, mm, I don't care. <laughs> so yep. not good. Like it's not good behavior. Mm. Um, but there is a difference between the scale <laughs> of that mm. compared to everything that Abramovich has been involved in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just, I, it all just comes back to the fact that I, I hate Chelsea uh, more than Harry Potter hates Voldemort. Which is that's significant. It's significant <laughs> amount. More than Frodo uh, hates uh, 
goddamn, uh, what is it, Sauron? Sauron? Sauron. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hates him quite mm. a lot. Yeah, definitely. Hates him too, yep, yep. Um, what's another one? More than, <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Imagine if the podcast went for another 30 minutes and it was just more than, uh... <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, one more, Barney, one more. <laughs> Yeah, this is good. This One is good. more. People like it when bands do encores and come back on and play yeah. another song. <laughs> and I was just, um, <laughs> more than, um, more than KFC hates McDonald's. Okay, great. We're doing it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, well, I think that, I think that's us. Yeah. Is there anything else that? No, I think that was, um, yeah, there was a lot to get through. Um, I think just excitement of being back, uh, first game. Um, and yeah, like it's, it's good. This is how buoyant we are. Like we, we lose to like Roba in like a friendly and we're just like, well, mm. fine. All right. And then it's like an hour episode. And then yeah, yeah. we get a good win Premier League and it's like, let's extend. <laughs> let's keep going. <laughs> let's keep going. Uh, but also I, I've got to go watch my favorite team, Manchester United. Oh yeah, that's right. You, uh, Barney, what's that under your shirt? Is that an Ericsson menu top? <laughs> yeah. Yep. It wouldn't surprise me if... Would you buy an Ericsson menu top? No. If you got given one, would you wear it once? No. Okay, good. Would you throw no it, Would you throw it out, though? I'd try and sell it, I think. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. That's yeah. fair. But no way. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's like... Uh, I've... I've I've thought, I don't know we're just about to wrap up, but <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I, I've often thought like, there are some really nice kits that do come out for other teams. And you're like, oh, it's just a nice looking top. And it's like, mm. I feel like you can definitely get a kit from a team in another league. You could get a mm. kit from another national team. Um, mm. But I feel like there's no real way you can get like a kit from a team that's in your same league under any circumstances. Mm. I reckon if you, depends on where you, so like, I feel like it would be okay to get a Nottingham Forest kit. That's the yeah, fair, 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 fair. Presuming that we do beat them twice. Yeah, actually, yeah. If we lost to Forest twice and you get a Lingard Forest kit after that, a bit weird. Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah, pretty weird. But also, I wouldn't do that. Like, yeah, it is still weird. It is still weird. I guess that I, I feel like what you're saying is that if it's your like a direct rival for whatever mm. position you're in. Then it's weird. So if if you're like a an Everton and you get any other relegation candidate team as a top, like, yeah. bizarre, very bizarre. Um, yeah, very bizarre. But like having said that, like if a Spurs fan was like got an Aston Villa kit, I'd be like, that's very weird. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> like it's, it's almost like Forest. I guess maybe it's fine because they just came up. So you're like, oh, maybe yeah. they, they could have been your championship team. Yeah, that you've liked. But it's like, mm. even if someone's like, oh, I've got a Fulham kit, you're like, hmm, bit weird. Yeah, yuck. Both London, bit of a derby. Yeah. Can't do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, if you're still listening at this point, let us know in the Discord if there's a single team in the Premier League where it's acceptable to buy their kit um, that's not a Spurs kit. I'd love to know. And I'd love to know your justification as to why. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm. It would. It, I would genuinely be interested to know um, if people have done that. We, we'll put the question out there. Yeah, we'll put it out there. Um, all right, well, uh, we've got Chelsea this week. We'll be back next week to talk about that game. Hopefully I won't be uh, so angry I won't be up to speak. 
Um, as always, I've been Barney. I've been Dad. And come on, you Spurs. You've been listening to A Bit Spursy. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Email us at hello at abitspursy.com and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms.